This is episode number 22 with Sean Johnson. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. What is up, all you beautiful greats out there? I hope you're having a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. And a quick shout out to our fan of the week, Johnny Jensen, who tagged a picture on Instagram from Maidstone East Railway Station in Maidstone, England. So big shout out to you, Johnny. Thanks for posting and listening in. I appreciate you. And there's a lots of pictures you guys have been posting on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook of where you're listening to the School of Greatness. So keep on a posting. I appreciate it. We've got a huge episode this week. It's with the one and only Sean Johnson. Now, if you've been living under a rock for the last four or five years, uh, you wouldn't know about Sean, but she is basically America's sweetheart. She won an Olympic gold medal in Beijing in gymnastics. And she won a number of silver uh, medals as well. She also won a show called Dancing with the Stars a few years ago. And she's just an amazing individual, uh, a pleasure to be around. And she actually beat me in CrossFit this last week, which was a little bit embarrassing. But there was a gymnastics element to it. So, I mean, you got a 6'4 guy that has no clue what he's doing in gymnastics. And you have the world champion in gymnastics. She better be able to beat me. But... Other than that, I did beat her at another exercise, so we're even now, and we're going to keep the competition going. I think she's probably going to dominate me long term, but it's been fun hanging out and uh, at least meeting her one time at something. Now, I'm excited to share with you guys this interview because Sean has some amazing insights. Now, when you get to perform at the hardest level of sports, the Olympics, and all the pressures on you, millions and millions of people watching you all around the world, and you're only 16 years old, and you come out with a gold medal, you've got something inside you that should be shared with the world. So we're going to learn about what Sean thought about right before these big moments and how she was able to focus in when all the pressure from the world, family, friends, town, state, country, was all on her. How could she target in and harness her greatness and let it out at the right moment? She's going to talk about that. She's also going to talk about her experience with Dancing with the Stars and a lot of other cool things she's been up to. I'm very excited to share this interview with you. So make sure to stay tuned and listen to the entire thing. You're not going to want to miss out. She is spectacular. I want to share the quote of the week before we get into the interview. And I've been doing a lot more lately of pushing myself and stretching myself and really going for it. Not playing small in the world anymore, but really stretching to see how far I can really go in all senses of the word and how much I can get done and how much I can create in a shorter amount of time, as opposed to giving myself longer deadlines, giving myself shorter deadlines and actually seeing what is possible when I put a little pressure on myself and what I can actually create. So the quote of the week is this. It's from Mario Andretti. He says, if 
everything seems under control. You're just not going fast enough. So think about it right now. How is your day, your week, your month going? Do you feel like ah, it's pretty good? It's pretty easy, pretty relaxed, you know, nothing too challenging for you? If so, why don't you start putting some pressure on yourself to create more, to play bigger in the world, to start dominating in your industry, in your, your workouts, with your whatever you're trying to create, whatever you're trying to accomplish, start pushing yourself, stretching yourself to actually create it faster, to get it done, to make it bigger, to change the world more. So that's what I want to challenge you guys with this week. Uh, and make sure to tweet that out if you like that quote. But here we go, guys. This is what you've all been waiting for. This is with the queen, America's sweetheart, all the other cool words you want to say about her. But I'm excited to introduce you to the one and only Sean Johnson. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals, knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks head to netsuite.com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness all right what's up everyone lewis house here and i've got a new good friend sean johnson who's in the studios with me today what's up sean what's up we were just uh salsa dancing a little earlier <laughs> and sean was teaching me a little bit of her moves but she can turn and move it Pretty, Not pretty really. Impressive. I can just be pushed around the floor. You just well. like to be pushed around the floor. Yes. So we were just talking about um, where Shauna's from, because she said that's what usually is like the most boring question she gets. But she's actually from West Des Moines, <laughs> yes. Iowa. Yes. Not Des Moines, Iowa. So we just want to make that distinction here. <laughs> and uh, for those that don't know Sean Johnson, she is a superstar. She's uh, 
Olympic gold medalist, silver medalist in like six events and world champion, national champion. There's pretty much everything you've won everything, right? Nah, Something sure. Like that, right? I don't know. She's, she's super humble too. So she's probably never going to brag about it, but, um, extremely talented. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. We've been hanging out for about the last hour and, uh, she's been making fun of how tall I am. She's about four eleven, right? She says hey, come five on. foot. Just say five foot. She it says five better. foot, but I think she's probably four eleven. I'm probably four eleven. Which is like, isn't that like technically? No, under, it is not. Isn't that midget size? No, it's not. I think it is, isn't it's it? It's four seven. Now it's been Googled <laughs> because people have talked to me so much about this. You sure? It's four you get it seven. All the time, don't you? Well, your Wikipedia, let me see what your Wikipedia says, because that's like Well, that's fact. when I was sixteen. That's like I was four seven when I competed at the Olympics. You know what it says? Let me see here. It Wikipedia. Says four foot nine. <laughs> Well, that was in my in-between stage. <laughs> okay. So she's 4'11", and uh, you just turned 21 recently, right? Yeah, January. Okay. It's pretty amazing what you've done, and basically, you're 21, and you've accomplished more than people are ever going to accomplish. I know. I forget half the stuff that I've already Do done. You? Yeah, I like to look back at pictures and stuff. I'm like, oh. Like, Beijing seems like forever ago. Probably. It does. London seems like forever ago. Yeah. I mean, I didn't compete, but still getting to experience there? that. Yeah. Yeah, I was working. So. working? Well, uh, I worked or? for the Today Show. Oh, did you? Yeah. That Every was day awesome. you're doing like Every interviews? day. Oh, yep. that's going to be cool. I did all their social media work. It was pretty cool. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I was there. We didn't We didn't qualify for Team Handball, unfortunately. So I just pouted and watched <laughs> the team that did go. Well, I didn't qualify either. So I was, I was crowding a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were, uh, you got injured in 2010? Yes. Skiing. Mm hmm. And you weren't supposed to ski. No. And I know you've talked about this a bunch. It's okay. But I want to talk about comebacks and what it takes, uh, I guess, mentally to like come back from an injury like that. Because I've had major injuries mm-hmm. where I've had to sit out a year of football and things like that. And I've, I've, I've had to retire as well. And when I watched some videos of you on YouTube competing before mm-hmm. you got injured, you were like so in the zone mm-hmm. when I would watch. Maybe they just showed the ones that you're in the zone when I, <laughs> when I saw, but you were so in the zone. And it was like, <clears throat> it was beautiful to watch. It was amazing you. because you had this look in your eyes before. I, I watched before you're about to go out there. You'd have this look in your eyes. But then when you were performing, it was like, you just had the whole package mm-hmm. because you had the look, but you also had like the confidence. You had the energy. You had the smile. You weren't just like rigid the whole time. I want to learn about what it was like when you came back from the injury. How did it feel, I guess, mentally, confidence-wise, poise-wise? Did you feel like you had that same mentality, but just the physical stuff, maybe you were a little off from the injury, or how did you feel? Um, I think I lost all of it. Really? Yeah. Um, the mental side, the physical side, the confidence? I think it was still there, mm. but up until I got injured... I had never been injured. I had sprains, strains, poles, but I'd never been taken out of my sport for a longer duration than two weeks. Mm. And I almost had that sense of like in- invincibility. I thought I could do anything. And mm. you kind of feed off that. I think my confidence feed it off of that. And um, when I got injured, it kind of stripped all of that away. I found that I was hesitant. I found a, a fear kind of aspect that I'd never had before. You never felt fear before, really? You know, things made me nervous, but it was a thrill. I mean, it wasn't like a genuine fear of 
you know, you could be laying in a hospital bed like you did the. So you're you afraid know. of like pain, like injury. I was. I coming back from my triad uh, of my knee, it it was awful. I yeah. I am physically active every single day, all day, and having to lay in a hospital bed or a PT bed and kind of mm. be humbled by the fact that you have to start over. So humbling. It's you go from the top of the world down to the bottom and. I mean, there's things that can be a lot worse, of course. So I, I hate to complain about that. But I remember coming out of surgery and them saying, well, we're going to have to teach you how to walk again and the climb a stair. And I was like, Psh, I'm an Olympic athlete. You know, I'll be back in a couple of weeks, whatever. Right, right, right. And, you know, I still struggle with it. It's been two and a half years. And struggle walking or climbing no. stairs? <laughs> <laughs> with my knee. With my knee. You still feel pain. You still feel yeah. certain things you can't do. Yeah, it's just... Again, it's frustrating because when I was competing, I felt like I was Iron Man. I mean, I felt like Iron I could woman. Do, Iron Woman. I felt like I could do anything. And after I got injured, it's you just have that hesitation there. And I just kept picturing myself tearing it again or feeling that pop. Mm-hmm. And I would give anything to go back to my comeback and be able to take that hesitation away. Mm. But I literally couldn't find a way to do it. What do you think you would have needed to do to overcome that fear? After you, when you're coming back from the injury, like if you could say, yeah. so you could go back now, you're like, I could do anything to go back. How would you change it so you could get back to the place when you were 16? Um, that fearless young woman who. I don't know. I, I feel like, especially when I was 16, I had a sense of just, I was naive. I was innocent. I sure. had no idea. You've never been injured, so you didn't know what it no, felt like. No, I, I mean, I. I kind of didn't even think for myself. My coach thought for me. Mm. He would tell me to go do something I would. Whereas when I got older, I it, it, it under, I understood the way things worked more. You know, he would tell me to go do a triple twisting double back. And I'm like, okay, okay <laughs> I have to think about that one now. <laughs> and that sounds impossible. Really? You know, it just registers different. Did you um, say a triple flip? Yeah, I've never done that. Oh, okay. Slightly exaggerating oh. <laughs> for dramatic effect. Um, no. Um, but it was it's difficult. I don't know if there's anything I could change except for have been given more time to train to hopefully train that out of me. Train out of you. But I think it's just a mental thing that kind of gets lack of a better word broken. Mm. Is there a way to get it back? You think? I think there definitely is. I'd say or time. When someone's injured, you're just no, you're I mean, for life. not at all. I feel like there, you can definitely overcome anything, mm. especially injuries of all sorts. People have come back and, been extremely successful. I, I made it back into international competition. I medaled. I In 2011, right? Yeah. And, and I saw the Visa Championships, right? Um. Yep. Visa and then Pan Ams. Oh, and you medaled. I medaled. You yeah. Gold? Um. Silvers. <laughs> <laughs> As always, always silver. So you got gold um, at a couple. I got a few gold. Yeah. 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 Um. But I think it just. In my case, I don't think my heart was in it anymore. Mm. I, you weren't like 100% passionate. Um, I was passionate over the idea, but the I was doing it for other people. Yeah, I wanted, that. for myself, I wanted to get back just to know I could. Yeah. And it's like as soon as I I did make it back to Pan Ams and championships, I was successful. And you didn't need kind to win. Of, I didn't need it, no. Yeah. And I, I proved to myself that my need could last, but... I always said the reason why I retired was my knee had issues. It was torn again and I needed surgery and didn't have time. But I remembered back 
in 2008 how much the Olympics meant to me. Like I lived it. I breathed it. It was my entire world. And had I continued without retiring, I had a chance of making the team, a, a decent chance. In London. In London. Yeah. And I told myself that if I was given one of those places, knowing that it didn't mean that much to me anymore, I'd be taking it away from a 16-year-old who, whose world that was, and that crushed me. I didn't think it was fair. Hmm. So. But what if you were more talented than a 16-year-old? I think more experience, more talented. Yeah, I think. Well, first of all, they did pretty well. Right. <laughs> they won. Right. Um, but I, I, I have always been a firm believer in like passion over talent. I think oh, yeah. you know Hustle you can be the talent. you can be the biggest or the most talented person in the world, but if you don't love what you do, then it's not going to show and it's not going to work. Right. And you don't really necessarily have to have it, you know, the greatest talent. But if you work for it and you love it, then you'll have better results. Yeah, you said once in your book that <laughs> life will be richer once you find your passion, but never lose sight of everything else. If one activity becomes everything to you, you may have nothing left if you lose it. So thank you. You have all these great lessons in your book. Thank you. So you decided that even if you got it, you wouldn't do it, or you thought you decided it wouldn't be fair if you got it. Kind of like I said there, I just I knew it wasn't my passion it wasn't anymore. The main thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew I had. I don't know. I felt like I could do more good going and being the team's cheerleader yeah. than I could going and competing. Sure. And it was something that just clicked one day. I knew I was done. I knew I couldn't go any further. I had images of me not being able to walk when I was 30 because mm-hmm. I was you know, killing my body so much and my mm-hmm. knee and not putting my health first. And then I saw the other girls I trained with who would literally do anything to be there. Yeah. And I just yeah, kind of as I was like in the mama role when I went back because I was so old. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, then or, yeah, 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 I just couldn't see myself taking it from them. Hmm. Interesting. Now I'm interested in to hear your answer to this. I have a feeling what I know what you're going to say, but if you could go back to the day you went skiing, would you not go skiing that day or would you ski still? I would still ski. That's what I thought. Everything happens for a reason. That's what I thought you'd say. And, you know, my comeback, the injury, everything was, I think, for the better. I mean, it taught me a lot. Just yeah. it humbled me a lot learning that I you can be broken, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can also get back up from it. Yeah. And, you know, making the comeback and deciding to retire, I learned that I was doing it for the wrong reason. I was doing it not for me. But I also learned to make a decision based on, you know, it went against everything the entire world was telling me to do. Right. And I made it for me and it was the best thing. So mm. I, I learned lessons the hard way. My parents say I always learn lessons the hard way. Sure, but sure. A lot of us do. It's a fun way to do it. It is. It's more fun. <laughs> now, did you feel a lot of pressure going to 2008? Because you were like the world champion before then in 07, right? Uh, yeah. Did you feel like the weight of the world on your shoulders or the country? Or were you just kind of like... Um, You're so passionate about the Olympics. I I definitely felt pressure. I mean, mm-hmm. if you ask anybody around me, I was a stress ball, pretty much. Really? Um, you were like the golden girl back then, right? You a little like- bit. <laughs> <laughs> they they had me pegged to come home with six gold medals. Oh, my God. That's so, too much pressure. Yeah. I mean, front. You're 16-year-old, front, right? Yeah, front page of every newspaper. <laughs> I was like, great. Um <laughs> But in in a way, I loved it back then. Yeah. I liked the motivation. I liked the challenge. Mm. Um, 
I think I was more capable of handling it back then sure. than I am now. Sure. Such a people pleaser now that I'm like, oh, <laughs> gosh, if I come back with one, they're not going to be happy. Right, but. right, right. That's funny. Now, did you have more pressure the first time around or after you came back you felt? I personally feel like I had more pressure the second time. Yeah? Why? Um, because the last time people saw me compete was in 2008, being you came on top in, of the world. You came back in 2010 or 2011? I came back and competed for the first time in 2010. Yeah. And bombed. Before the injury? This is after the injury. After the injury, yeah. yeah. And bombed. Bombed. Fell on I, everything. I think I saw a couple no. of those. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, again, humbling uh-huh. to know you have to start. You can't just walk back in where you were. You have to start over. Sure. But people kind of put out their, I don't know, their own reason as to why I was coming back. And no one ever really asked what yeah. my reason was. They just assumed, right? And everything was because I didn't win gold in the all-around. I was coming back for redemption, right, right. which had nothing to do with it. Mm. So I don't know. I feel like the, the pressure came back with the only thing people expected to see was what I was in 2008 or better. And sure. That's a lot I was a different person. You're a different so. person. Yeah, I think I remember you saying that in an interview. Now, one of the things is you said when you were training, when you were growing up, that you decided not to do the typical amount of hours, right? Yep. Was it normally like 40 hours a week as most gymnasts yeah, do? Yeah, 40 to 50. And you said, I'm going to have a balance in my life. Pretty much. And I'm going to do 20 or 25 or yep. half, basically. Yep. Do you think if you would have done the 40, it would have changed anything? You think it would have been more pressure, more stress? You I don't think I would have made it. You wouldn't have made it because it would have mm-hmm. been too much, right? I think I would have broken. You were, you were more loose because you were only doing 20 hours a week, Yeah. Right? I had. I still had freedom. I still had... A room to be a kid. Yeah. I went to dances. I went to football games. I got to go play with friends and yeah. do homework and go to school and have friends, you know, just have a normal life. And I saw a lot of girls who didn't get that, who didn't make it because of it. Mm. And I think they could have. Because they were training so hard. Because they overtrain. They you yeah. know, when you're, when you're 12 years old and living oh. in a gym doing 50 hours a week, you homeschool there. You do everything. You don't have friends outside. You homeschool at the gym? You homeschool at the gym. Did you do that for a while? No, oh never. My, gosh. my coach, fortunately, didn't believe in that. Oh he wanted goodness. he wanted an outlet. He wanted all of the, his girls to be able to get away from the sport. And he said, that's what kept your mind fresh. Oh. Well, when you see a 12-year-old break because they're doing 50 hours, I mean, of course they're not going to go any further. That's crazy. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host 
When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What do you think is the difference between a champion and second place? That's a hard question because I have many, I, diff I have many different opinions on that. Um, I don't know. Given my past of like the all around coming in second place, uh -huh. I knew there was physically and mentally nothing more I could have done. You did the so best you could have done. I did. So to say that I could have given more mm. and the difference between champion and second is an effort of mm. any sort. You gave your best. I mean, I lived it. I breathed it. I trained my entire life for it. I couldn't have done more. I mean, even if I went back and said I could have, I don't think that's the proper way to right. approach it. Right. So that's let's frame, difficult. Let's frame it this way. Let's frame it. <clears throat> someone who always gets first yes. and someone who always gets second or third, but just can't break into the first. It's because they don't believe in themselves. That's what you think it is? I don't think. Yeah. Let's talk about the power of belief because I've, I've done a... I did a show where I talked about the power of belief mm -hmm. and some of the greatest athletes in the world, I feel like have one of two things, in my opinion, mm -hmm. they have a belief in either their faith, mm -hmm. God, a higher sense of being. And they're so strongly believing in that mm -hmm. nothing can break their faith in that, mm -hmm. that their faith is helping them achieve, mm -hmm. you know, higher levels of athletic ability. Or the other side of the spectrum is you see athletes who are so, confident and believe in themselves so much mm -hmm. they're so egotistical and they're like i'm greatest gifts in the world right mm -hmm. but they believe it and they have so much certainty with that belief either way with god or themselves mm -hmm. you think that's true or no i think if anybody has that strong of a belief it gives them something to fall back on mm. it gives them reason sure i i've seen the the belief in self that can be destructive because 
you mean believing in yourself can be yeah, destructive. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if if you are the that person that says, I believe so strongly that I'm gonna win and I believe so strongly I've given my all, I've almost seen it as a cop out in some senses. Right. Because if they believe so strongly and they've convinced themselves of that, then they're not opening themselves up to what other people are doing uh-huh. and the actual competition that's out there. Right. I think when you have a belief in faith, you're open to what else is out there. Sure. You have a strong belief in your faith, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it makes it not about you. It makes it takes the pressure off you, right? Yes. You in a sense. Because it, it's not like, oh, it's all on me. No. I mean, I feel like the people who have that strong belief in themselves, they don't have any other greater reason. Yeah. If you have a belief in faith, then you have, you know, a greater reason to sure, work for it. Sure. Right. Actually, what a, they've been a competitor your whole life. Mm-hmm. So what's your thoughts or what's, what's competition taught you about the human spirit in general, whether it be yourself or just mm-hmm. witnessing it in other people and competitors or teammates? I'm competitive in everything, mm-hmm. everything I do. I don't think you could tip a cow as good as I could. <laughs> Probably not, <laughs> but I'll try as hard. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, in human spirit, it's just like, Having com- like a competitive spirit, basically, I think, just gives you a daily goal to be better. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have any drive to compete against yourself or even others, then you don't have a direction to go towards. Right. right. And I feel like you would get kind of just complacent. That's true. That's true. Why do you think you never got complacent? Because I always want to be better. Yeah. I always knew I was capable of doing better. I think, again, that's that belief side of it. I feel like... If you believe you can do more, then you're going to push yourself to to prove you can. But where did that drive come from? Like, how did you, why were you so motivated every single day to uh, train, to perform, to compete, to win? Where does that come from? Does it come from parents? Does it come from watching sports and TV? Does it come from friends? I'd say a lot of people are either born with it or not, mm. maybe. I think you were just born with it? That drive, that competitive spirit? I don't know, because I see people who don't have it, and I'm like, I don't understand how you could not. Right? Um, I, I also, too. Yeah. I hate to lose. Uh, so do I. More than I like <laughs> I hate it more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, because even when I started competing in gymnastics, I never won. I was, really? I was the girl at the like end of the floor really? that was getting that really hot pink colored ribbon. No. That, yes, I never won. You never won. No. So when was the moment you started winning and realizing oh, I have an opportunity and potential uh, to go to the Olympics? Well, I think that was the interesting part of like my career is I never focused on winning, especially oh. when I started out and I was in like 30 something place out of 39 people. <laughs> uh, it was never about winning. I just was always either frustrated because I made a mistake and I wanted to do better, yeah. but I could have cared less. I liked the hot pink colors. Um, <laughs> you like flipping around and yeah, I think the only things. thing, I think the only thing that really started to make me want to work more and kind of get on top of the podium was the feeling of pride you had when you were successful. Mm. It had nothing to do with a medal. That was kind of just, you know, extra. Right. It was just knowing you had done your best and you were being acknowledged for it. But that's something my coach taught us when growing up was medals and scores have nothing to do with it. It's the 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 feeling of knowing you couldn't have given any more. Wow. 
I, I was thankful for that one. That's cool. What do you think was the most important lesson you learned from your coach? I'd say that. No. Um, that it's, he really drilled into me that it's, it's not about what others think. It's about knowing at the end of the day that you worked as hard as you possibly could. And, you know, even if a score is worth the very last place, right. you couldn't be any happier. That's tough though. When there's so many people are telling you what they think and t- being critical and being mm-hmm. judgmental and or giving you praises. Yeah. To but- put that aside and be like, it doesn't matter what, half the world thinks of me right now. Yeah, it's it's difficult, but yet it's it's liberating. I mean, I remember in the Olympics res- like going back to that what he taught me and like really thinking about that cuz I came in second multiple times and like four or five times. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was on a, I was on a roll. Silver <laughs> still pretty good. I mean. Yeah, right. But I remember just like the freeing feeling of knowing in myself that I couldn't have done anymore. But the reward being every time I finished, I would stand up and see 50,000 people in the arena on their feet. I mean, there's there's no greater like satisfaction than knowing you've been like accepted yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And just because that one judge on the floor doesn't give you that score, you've kind of won over the world. Yeah. It's I kind of found my I don't know, my reward in that instead of in the medal. And do you miss that feeling? I do. Performing in front of 50,000 millions of people watching. I really do. I miss, I miss the stage. I miss performing. I miss that daily goal of working up towards that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's, it's a, makes you feel awesome. It's it's the best feeling. What are you trying to do? Are you ever going to try to compete again in anything? Um, I've, I would love to, I don't know what it would be. Prospect maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I don't (laughs) think I can do that one, but I would love to. Yeah. Have you know. thought about any other sports? You thought about becoming Olympics and something else? I would love to. Yeah. You uh, haven't thought about any other sports though? I don't know what I'd be able to do. I don't know what. I'm not quite hand-eye coordinated. <laughs> Nothing with <laughs> Can flip on a four-inch beam. What about but, the, the, the trampoline gymnastics oh, stuff? Heck Isn't no. It? No? That thing is terrifying. Have you ever been a trampoline? Yes. I'm an Olympic gymnast and I hate the trampoline. Really? I can do like one flip. But when you start doing like six or seven, worry about breaking my legs or something. Yeah, no, thank you. Okay, so that's out. Diving, but there you go. Then you have to think about we land on our feet, they land on their heads. Oh man! I have to turn everything around. Well, that might be a little difficult. I'm sure you'll figure it out if you want to. What's uh? So there's a cool poem you wrote. Oh gosh! I, I saw in your book. Yeah. And there's a book. There's a poem you wrote in seventh grade. You probably yeah. That's what it said in the bucket. It says, okay. like, a, <laughs> a caring girl oh, gosh. who loves Are you going to read this whole thing? I'm just going to read the last few sentences. That you okay. And in the poem, you wrote this seventh red. grade. So you're 12, 12 I think, in this, and when you wrote this. In the poem, you say, I understand that nothing is easy. I say everything happens for a reason. I dream of one day the world is in peace. <laughs> I try to see the good in everything. I'm a caring girl who loves to flip. So has anything changed since... Seventh grade. <laughs> and that one's pretty spot on. It's pretty spot on. Uh, I don't tend to flip too much anymore. Not at all? <laughs> every once in a while. Every once in a while you just do like a... Yeah, I just flip down flips. straight. I tend to run on like anything that looks like a beam. Run on it? Yeah. Like if I'm going for a run, like huh. there's a curb. Why not run, run on, on it? on that curb. Yeah. That's interesting. 
Okay. Now, I ask this question a lot, and I'm curious if you are more afraid of failure or success. I'm terrified of failure. Really? Yes. Now, why? I don't know. I personally don't think that's abnormal for any elite athlete or elite mindset. Right. Because you're no, you know you're capable of success, but you've been taught that anything but perfection isn't okay. Mm. I know, you know, perfection is kind of like a drug. It's addicting. And yeah. knowing that you are only rewarded in your career, you know, in any ath- Olympic career, you're really only rewarded if you are perfect. If you win. That if you lose, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. So you're not remembered. Yeah. Right. And add on top of that, I'm a people pleaser. I yeah. I love to make people happy, and I want to make myself happy and proud. The idea of not succeeding or living up to someone's expectations scares it's like me. It hurts you, right? It hurts it inside. It's scary. As soon as it happens, I'm like, I want to do it again. I want to fix it. Right. Right. And I don't know. I think there's something about that as well though that's not quite right i think people should be allowed to fail well i think failure is necessary in order to succeed definitely but being scared of it can be a good thing Mm. because it motivates you but But it's also normal you don't want to control you though no not at all hold you back and like cripple you no i don't think it holds me back but it definitely it makes you think, second guess everything, or yeah, a little bit. Yes. So what? Uh, what's the what's the future for you now? So you're 21. You your sponsor. You got sponsored by Nike and a couple other cool sponsors. What are you thinking is the next chapter for you? The next few years. I feel like I'm just now finishing my gymnastics career. I mean, yeah. getting out of all of that and dancing with the stars, of course. Yeah. And finally, at a point where I have to choose a path. A, you know, a lifestyle because mm-hmm. gymnastics is no longer involved. And I don't know. I, I work a lot with kids, which is my favorite thing to do. And of course, health and fitness, but it's pretty much as specific as it gets right, right. <laughs> right now. So you're open to new opportunities. And yeah. Possibilities I, and I try anything. I, cool. I love when people approach me with things that I would never would have thought of because right. It challenges me to step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And yeah. You like to tackle challenges. Like I really time. do. Yeah. I really do. Of course. Now tell me about Dancing with the Stars. What was that like? Uh, fun. And you won in, two, what was the eighth season or ninth 2009, season? 2009. Season eight. You won it all, right? I did. Congratulations. Thank you. Was it an amazing experience? It was. It was probably one of the best things I've ever done. Next to the Olympics, you're like performing, you're competing. You're- yeah. But it was the first time I did something outside of gymnastics. So it was the first time I proved to myself that I could be more than a gymnast, which was a big deal for me. It's a big step. Because I didn't think I could be anything but a gymnast. Right. And going back the second time was even better. It was. Well, you went twice? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was like the All-Stars? Is that what it yeah. was? So what was it? So it was a whole season? Yeah. The, and you, you didn't win that, did you? Came in second. Second. Oh. Of course. <laughs> Who won that one? Uh, Melissa Rycroft. Okay. Which was a better experience, the first one or the second one? Um, I'd say the second one. I absolutely love the first one. Don't want to take anything away from that. Or my partner, because it's a different partner. Sure. Um, but the second time, I was... you won the first one. Yeah. It's got to feel good. Yeah. But I'd say the first one, I let myself go more. Or but the second one. You I, I Relaxed. Yeah. 
I allowed myself to try new things. Enjoy Whereas that. the first one, I was really reserved. And really? I was also 16. So, right. Right. and I was in the company of like 30. Grown ass you know, people. Everybody was, <laughs> I couldn't relate to anybody. No idea. Whereas the second time, I, I got along with people a lot better right. and I could actually have a voice and stand up and sure. have an opinion. Right. <laughs> but it was just, it was a better experience. That's crazy. Okay. So, final question. That's what I ask all my guests. Okay. So what's your definition of greatness then? Definition of greatness Mm -hmm. can be a lot of things. Everyone's got their own thoughts. Self greatness or just greatness. Just greatness in general. What's it mean to you? What's it mean to achieve greatness to you? I would say. Does it mean like winning at everything? Does it mean, you know? No, I'd say it means having pride in yourself and knowing you couldn't have done anything more. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a huge kind of issue society has is as long as if you're not holding a gold medal or at the top of anything, then you haven't achieved greatness. But if you're happy with yourself and you're proud and you've worked for something, I think that's greatness in itself. Yeah. That's cool. What's your message to young girls then? That you can do and be anything you want to be. And there is no limitation. And that it's okay to be different. Really? Society makes a mold, and girls think they have to live by it. Did you feel like you were molded? Um, society was trying to. Mold I think. You? I think people. I think, of course, society tried, right. but they couldn't hold you back. <laughs> no, <laughs> I luckily was uh, surrounded by a family that wanted me to be different. That's they wanted cool. me to be me, and yeah. no one else. So awesome, awesome. Well, where can we find you online? What's the best place? Twitter, Facebook. How about Twitter? Twitter. We're working Sean. on, yes. <laughs> we're working on your website. We're yeah. going to get it updated soon, but yeah. at Sean Johnson on Twitter. Yes. You're on Instagram all the time, too. I've been yes. following you there. Sean Johnson as well. Sean Johnson. A Facebook fan page or what? Yes. Sean Johnson? Yes. Sean Johnson everywhere. Yes. Thanks so much. Thank for you. sharing your thoughts and uh, make sure to check her out. Go check out her book also and appreciate you, Sean. Thank you. And there you have it. Big shout out and thank you to the lovely, talented Sean Johnson. Make sure to follow her on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. It's it's all at Sean Johnson. Go check out her book. She's got some amazing things she's working on. She's got some amazing sponsorship deals, partnering with a lot of different companies. Make sure to follow her every single move because she is a sweetheart and she's always putting out inspiring messages to the world. So I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. And uh, you're going to see some big things from Sean in the near future. With that, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. We've got some huge episodes coming up in the next few weeks. I'm talking big, big, big. So make sure to check those out. And also, if you enjoyed this episode, go over to iTunes and just subscribe to the podcast. That way, you get notified each and every week of a new episode. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback. And let me know where you're listening to this in the world. Go ahead and post a picture on Instagram and tag me, at Lewis Howes on there, and hashtag School of Greatness so I can see where you're at in the world, where you're listening to it. And I appreciate all the mentions out there. With that, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And make sure 
to do something great. Seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium bang and a Lufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range in a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and nada yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.